Welcome to Ending the Silence, a podcast by ECPAT International. In this podcast, we explore the key issues, global trends, around what is being done to end the sexual exploitation of children. In this episode, we'll be covering voluntourism. What is it? Why and when is it harmful to children? And how does it increase the risk of child sexual abuse and exploitation? So, what exactly is voluntourism? Simply put, voluntourism is the merging of travel and voluntary work as part of the products offered by the travel market. We've all heard or had people close to us, even friends or distant acquaintances, who have gone off for a few weeks to build a school or taught English in a far-flung place, very often with good intentions to bring positive change. However, besides the current concerns about the impact that such short-term trips by unskilled volunteers have on the welfare of children and the entire communities visited, certain forms of voluntourism pose additional risks to the safety and protection of children. Children of all ages, genders and circumstances are sexually exploited by foreign and domestic offenders who misuse travel and tourism infrastructure, services and products in every region across the world. While tourism itself does not cause the sexual exploitation of children, it is an avenue that offenders use to access vulnerable children. As economic push factors and vulnerabilities of children and their families are further aggravated by the COVID-19 pandemic and its after effects, in particular in countries dependent on tourism income in the Americas, Asia or Africa. Child protection in all settings need to be prioritised as the travel and tourism industry restarts. With this podcast, we would like to encourage all travellers to go green by protecting children, as sustainability along environmental, cultural and economic lines combine as social issues and child protection. So let's start by understanding the context. I'd like to introduce you to Gabriella Kuhn, who's Head of Programs, Child Protection in Travel and Tourism at ECPAT International Secretariat. Hi, Gabriella. Hi, Sephora. Thank you for introducing me. So can you tell me a little bit more about voluntourism and how it can lead to the sexual exploitation of children? Definitely volunteering is a positive way to contribute to the society, but it needs to be done in a professional way as part of development agendas that address the problems in a systemic way and actually empower communities. So we need to do distinction between professional and regulated volunteering and voluntourism that, as you said, Sephora, it's a mix between volunteering and tourism that instead evolves around short-term products that are offered through travel market, usually for unskilled volunteers as alternative to mass tourism. And in these settings, volunteerists pay companies to travel and work in distant communities. And this is often combined with other personal motivations. And of course, most of the people have good intentions, but often they do not understand the negative impacts that such trips may bring. So it becomes problematic when this short-term and unregulated and unskilled work is paired with activities that are organized with or for children. For example, in sending countries, any social care work or teaching would not be allowed to be undertaken by non-professionals, and somehow it is allowed in destination countries. And such activities not only do not benefit children and have an adverse impact on self-sufficiency of the communities, but this can also have a negative impact on children's 
emotional, cognitive, and physical development and safety. It can disrupt children's development, negatively impact their learning processes, and create psychological attachment problems when you have the volunteers that come, go uh, for a short time. And from ECPAT International perspective, what's important is unregulated voluntarism, where there is no supervision and no criminal background checks. This can create avenues for child sex offenders to misuse voluntarism or so-called social trips as an avenue to access local communities to gain their trust and to explode children. So there are different forms of voluntarism, and I think in the recent years, awareness was increased about the risk of sexual exploitation of children in residential care centers and about trafficking to orphanages. number of big companies actually stopped offer such visits, but we need a lot more work because such forms of voluntarism continue to be offered by smaller companies. And besides voluntarism activities in residential centers and orphanages, voluntarism packages offer in other settings, such as, for example, schools, and this can be private or public, include language schools or religious schools that are often not regulated by ministries of education. And other settings like childcare centers, sporting facilities, clubs, religious communities in remote areas all these posing risk to children. Some packages also include homestays that give adults direct proximity with families and children with no safeguarding measures in place. So all of these settings create unregulated access to children in the communities that may not be even aware of the risks. I think important also to add that this issue is not limited to international volunteerism. It can also happen as part of the domestic travels when people go to remote areas and work with children. So importantly, I think any help needs to be professionalized and address real needs of local communities while uh, protecting children. And this is a particularly sensitive matter in situations of crisis such as the current one that Sri Lanka is undergoing. And context in such places can be to rush and send any volunteers through no professional placements that may also open avenues for offenders to access children. Thank you, Gabriella. I'd like to play a recording from ECPRAT Sri Lanka on the issues of volunteerism and the situation in the country and the ongoing humanitarian crisis. Here is Tavisha Ranj Bandara, who's the content and documentation assistant at Peace, Ekpat Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, our beautiful country, is a tiny island in the Indian Ocean that's widely known as a tourist destination for the Western tourists. The beautiful mountains, waterfalls, beaches, sun and sand attract tourists throughout the year. Tourism has also actually brought much-needed foreign exchange to the country since the 1970s. But at the same time, Sri Lanka is also well known as a pedophile paradise in the Western world, and sex tourists travel to Sri Lanka to solicit children for sex. International tourists and even local travelers come to popular hotspots seeking children for their sexual purposes. Well, Sri Lanka too has a long history of attracting international volunteers. From the older civil society movement to small community-based organizations, they have utilized these services of volunteers. They were teaching in rural schools, helping in childcare services, as well as places like children's homes, community development, and many places as such. Talking about the current Sri Lankan context, we all know that we are facing the worst economic crisis in history. 
Under this economic crisis, the Sri Lankan government is forced to restrict the import of many essential commodities, including food items, out of which price of essentials like milk powder and rice to go exceptionally high. Sri Lanka is also affected with significant shortages of essentials like food, medicine, milk powder, cooking gas and fuel, pushing more people towards poverty. As a result, it's a large threat for children as well. And as a result of that, it pushes them towards potential exploitation, sexual or otherwise including trafficking and even child labor. With this context, we can expect many volunteers, especially foreign volunteers, to come here and extend their support in childcare. It could even be for development projects, community empowerment projects, education-related projects, and so many other related projects. Though this is good and much needed at the moment for our country, we cannot ignore the fact that abuses might be there. Trying to take opportunity to take advantage of this under the guise of a volunteer. Again, with the current context, people in the community might be rushed to welcome any foreigner who will be appearing to provide assistance in forms of money or goods and the children will be left alone with them in unsupervised environment. Due to increasing financial burdens and domestic disputes, vulnerable children might be pushed towards orphanages and into institutional care centers. Many volunteers will visit these institutions to lend a hand and sometimes it could be to even abuse these children. Some volunteers might tend to take even photographs and videos of these children which will attract more abusers to come down here in the guise of another volunteer. Although many volunteers have the best intentions, lack of screening processes and proper monitoring mechanisms can put children in the face of risk of getting abused or exploited. So, it is worthwhile to explore how we can strengthen the existing legal system, educate the community members on child protection, and have proper child safeguarding practices, and create community safety nets to protect children from getting abused. I believe that education and awareness on child protection is necessary for those who advertise, recruit, and employ volunteers, and as well as for the volunteers. Next, I'd like to open the floor to Damien Brosnan, who's manager at The Code. Hi, Damien. Hi, Zephora. Damien, as mentioned by our ECPAT member in Sri Lanka, could you tell us a bit more about how child protection should be prioritised by travel and tourism companies? I work for The Code, which is hosted by ECPAT International. We're an initiative that works with the private sector and also local NGO partners around the world to help tourism and travel companies educate their staff and their customers and to build relationships around protecting children in travel and tourism. We have nearly 400 members from hotels to airlines, travel agents and tour operators who are working in 60 different countries on child protection issues. One of the things that we ask our member companies to do is to adhere to our voluntourism policy, which was developed a few years ago, which was introduced to try and get companies who are offering volunteerism services and products to ensure a level of child protection in all of their volunteerism offerings to make sure that children are not put at undue risk. It also includes a stance of no tourism activities involving orphanage or residential care facilities. Our position is that children should not be tourist attractions in any way, shape or form. It's important to know that the code is not an enforcement agency or a policing or auditing body. 
We ask our members to commit to implementing child protection measures, including involuntarism, but we don't have the authority to discipline companies. But that's where law enforcement nationally and local governments come into play. And that's why we really strongly advocate for these governments to improve and to enforce the regulations that they put into place. So our volunteerism policy is being implemented by member companies of the code and our local code representatives, our LCRs, uh, all over the world. And so we've seen some very good examples, and I'll talk a bit more about that in a couple of minutes. Thank you, Damien. We're now going to hear from a German company that incorporates the code's practices. Volunteers are asking us frequently, why is there a need? Um, we don't understand um, this. Um, we come to help and um, you warn us uh, or you, you show us childhood policies. And this gives us uh, impression that your former volunteers were taking over and abused children. So what is it about? And um, so it takes some time to bring the right understanding uh, for the topic. And it's not so easy. And we have the best results to bring understanding for childhood protection when we provide seminars for volunteers. These seminars, uh, unfortunately, they are not mandatory because uh, we were discussing this for some time now. Um, if we shall step forward and make it mandatory for volunteers to participate in a, a seminar before they can uh, participate in a program abroad. But The interest and the motivation for a volunteer is limited for the seminars. So only 20% do show interest. So when they when they finish with the school, they don't have so much interest to sit down again, listen. It's, it's like a school feeling or they're in a rush. They need to organize so many things. And um, these are the, the answers we hear that drives them away of participating. So this is one difficulty. The second difficulty is um, within our team members, like the Rainbow Garden Village staff. Let's put it in that way. Uh, Rainbow Garden Village is in that way organized that we are not working with any incoming agency in uh, our countries we are working with, but we have our own teams on site and we can teach them, we can coach them and we can organize things, we can create our own structures. So this is a benefit. But when it comes to the topic of code of, uh, of childhood protection, it's also difficult because they also don't understand why is there a need. There's also a kind of um, work for us, ongoing work in uh, highlighting this topic also to our teams. So that if there is a topic for a volunteer on site, that uh, a volunteer can uh, approach our team and they know how to handle this. You need to be open enough to go to our team and our team needs to be open and sensitive enough to receive a certain signal or warning. And so this is the field we are into, we are working with. And so what we are doing is, and I'm sure uh, this is not enough, but twice a year we have the childhood protection on our agenda when we have online calls with all our teams abroad. These are 60, 60 people worldwide participating. And there we highlight and renew the information and uh, the importance of the childhood protection. More and more companies have stopped offering visits to orphanages 
but more needs to be done to regulate all forms of volunteerism with and for children and engage small and medium businesses. Also, very few governments are addressing issues, but there are some good examples. Gabriella, would you be able to tell me about that, please? Well, thanks, Sephora. Definitely some good examples come from uh, Latin America, where a number of countries uh, introduced child protection standards for the travel and tourism industry. And this is part of uh, national codes of conduct, although these are often not obligatory and may not specifically regulate voluntourism. But uh, importantly, while uh, binding standards are being developed and implemented at country levels, uh, the industry leaders can take uh, initiative to guide business towards responsible choices uh, in line with the UN guiding principles on business and human rights and uh, corporate responsibility to respect children's rights. Uh, So as an example, the World Travel and Tourism Council included child protection as part of its uh, sustainability agenda, and they opened the space during the last global summit in the Philippines to discuss the need of uh, regulating certain forms of voluntarism as part of the community tourism developments. It's also worth mentioning that GARA, that is a regional group of tourism authorities in the Americas, uh, developed a guidance for tour guides uh, that talks about the role of the guides that they can play by raising awareness and actually discouraging travelers and uh, tourists from engaging in uh, any voluntarist activities with unregulated and unsupervised access to children. And this uh, specifically also refers to discouraging tourists and telling them that they should not visit uh, any institutions, orphanages, or residential care centers. So across uh, the regions, the the impact of voluntarism or so-called social trips needs to be addressed to protect children. And governments need to regulate voluntarism as part of the obligatory standards for the industry and offering uh, the products that do not serve communities and that put children at risk of sexual exploitation. So before we heard from Sri Lanka, the problem exists across the regions. And uh, recently, there have been uh, developments in Indonesia to regulate voluntarism. So let's hear from them. Let's hear from our member. Here's Ms. Azara Kubey, who's responsible for media at Ekpat Indonesia. The journey of people from one area to another, both for tourism and for a job, as well as for volunteer social activities, is an unavoidable phenomenon in this era of globalization as it is today. In Indonesia itself, Tourism in the form of social activities is a trend that continues to grow, which is known as social trips. It is a program offered by several travel agent companies to visit places such as orphanage in Indonesia with purpose to increase empathy for tourists or visitors on social issues. A social trip is one of attraction that is offered. Travel agents offers various facilities that make it easier for prospective volunteers to do social trips. However, looking at the facilities provided, it can be denied that there is a blind spot. This blind spot needs supervision and attention to close the gaps that allow crime to occur. One of mechanisms that is need to be supervised is the recruiting mechanism for volunteers and workers who work along with children in Indonesia. 
such as by improving the tracking mechanism and background checks on prospective volunteers through socio-cultural visas for prospective foreign volunteers and police record certificate for domestic volunteers. Currently in Indonesia, one of data that can be used to do background checks for domestic volunteers is police record certificate. However, the existence of police record certificate has not specifically screened the background of crimes against child sexual exploitation that have been committed by prospective volunteers because police record certificate only screen crimes generally. In addition, it is also necessary to strengthen the issuance of social visas such as verification mechanism or interviews with institutions that issue the recommendation so that prospective volunteers are identified where they are and their activities while being a volunteer. Apart from the efforts mentioned above, the current system still needs a lot of improvement. The government through related institutions and private parties, such as private travel agencies, creates an integrated system in effort to protect children from sexual offenders through system reformation especially on background checks for prospective volunteers who work or interacting with children. Having heard some examples, I think it's very important that we now reflect on the key points to basically navigate a way forward. That is why EGPAT International has published an issue paper to shine the light on how volunteerism may facilitate the sexual exploitation of children. It provides recommendations for governments on how to regulate volunteerism calls upon businesses to offer only sustainable and responsible tourism products, and also to individuals to protect children. So Gabriella, what are some things that governments need to do to protect children from sexual exploitation? Yeah, I'll speak uh, on governments and what governments uh, should do besides business, uh, because uh, through legislations and policies, they can shape and influence behaviours. Voluntourism needs to be regulated as part of national standards for the travel and tourism industry to ensure that operators and host organizations are compliant with child protection standards. Secondly, we need to have mandatory criminal record checks for any positions that have direct or indirect contacts with children. doesn't matter whether it's for an individual that is a national or international employed or voluntary. And governments need uh, to look at this issue more broadly and uh, progress from residential care mothers to supporting family reintegration, foster care, and other family-based care models. And when doing that, strengthening also the capacity of social services. Thank you very much. Damien, what would businesses need to do to protect children from sexual exploitation? I think for businesses, we would really recommend that they follow the volunteerism policy of the code to limit child-related volunteerism to only supervised activities that have very clear policies and procedures. Also implement child safeguarding standards and minimum threshold for qualifications and skills and experience for any work directly engaged with children. As Gabriella mentioned, involving a criminal record check is an absolute priority for us and I think for the protection of children worldwide. And I think the key thing is stopping the visits to orphanages and residential care centres as part of travel and tourism products and redirect tourists to solutions that actually contribute positively to a community without putting children at undue risk. And then the last thing I would say is also communicating this to travellers and tourists. As we've heard earlier today, 
often people go and do a volunteerism visit with the best of intentions and they're kind of they're unaware of the potential negative implications that that has on the children in those settings. So I think that there's an education part that we can play, the governments can also play in helping to protect children. Thank you. Thank you, Gabriella. Thank you, Damien. I think it's important to understand our individual responsibilities and how we can act to protect children. And this starts by understanding that what does not benefit the children cannot be part of our self-improvement process and that we have the power to influence the market by making responsible and sustainable choices. This can look like choosing companies that protect children and engage with civil society organisations that work on the ground to learn about, to work with, or even to donate to programs that support families and children at at-risk communities to empower their own local communities, something that can't be achieved for a one-off trip, not volunteering in orphanages or residential care centres, as we know now that it fuels the growth of orphanages, separates children from their families, and can disrupt children's development, and also by simply inspiring others to act in a responsible way. So before we wrap up, I just want to say thank you to Gabriella and Damien for coming on today and explaining the issues of volunteerism and also giving us a way forward. Thank you both. Thank you, Sephora and uh, Damien, for this conversation. Thanks, Gabriella and Sephora. It's a great platform and it's really good to hear that people are interested in taking care of children in travel and tourism. If you're interested, the full issues paper can be found on our website, as well as with links and resources on this issue. Alternatively, you can head to thecode.org to access the Code's volunteerism policy. You can support ECPAT and The Code by following us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and help us get the word out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode.